Hello, Move Nation, and welcome to another episode of United We Move podcast. I am your host, Jonathan Beckner, and today I have none other than the Golden Child, aka a flying hunk of muscle, Mr. Matt Golden. Matt is the CEO of a startup called Map Habit, and they provide a web-based solution for people in cognitive decline. So what does that mean? You're going to listen and you're going to find out. We discuss many aspects of this business, including his reasons for co-founding it just a couple of years ago. And then what's interesting is this crossover of the things that he's learning in the gym and in challenges and how it also applies to people in these later years in their lives and when they're dealing with things like Alzheimer's and dementia. So this was a fun conversation just to kind of see that crossover between our roles. So me as a coach and and him as an entrepreneur. So without further ado, please give it a listen and please enjoy. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. I appreciate you taking time out of your schedule. I know you just got finished with a workout and you had uh, some extra work to do after, and and it's still pretty early. It's not even noon yet, and we're talking. So yeah, try to uh, try to squeeze it all in, as you know. Absolutely. Don't don't always uh, don't always get uh, done or started on time, but I, I get it in either way. That's right. So you've been a member at Move for uh, eight years, and mm-hmm. of course we have our coach and client relationship here at the gym, and we bond over our experiences with CrossFit at Move. But we also share some similarities in our professions in that we are helping people to create healthy habits that make a meaningful impact on their lives. Me being a coach and health and fitness specialist, working with people physically and mentally in a gym mostly. And you being, I guess you, I would consider you a technologist maybe in a startup aimed at helping the cognitively impaired via a mobile app. Can you speak on what exactly Map Habit is and your roles in that company, and how did this become important to you? Sure. Um, let, let me start with uh, the last one, and then I'll, I'll go uh, to the other pieces. Uh, so, you know, ever, ever since I, I graduated uh, from Emory in 2001, um, you know, have been a, a huge fan of technology, even, you know, well before that, I had know, entrepreneurial ventures and high school, et cetera. But uh, it, it was really after um, I got about 10 years in on my own consulting business where I was reaching a plateau. Um, I was working, uh, you know, basically a management consultant at a large uh, beverage uh, company here in Atlanta. I'm sure you can't guess which one right. that is. <laughs> Um, and we was doing some great work, you know, managing a team of about uh, 20 people, uh, had, a, had a pretty hefty multi-million dollar budget of uh, spanning uh, these financial planning and analysis applications and, and cloud migrations. And it was, uh, you know, it was really challenging, long hours, weekends, um, and, you know, tight deadlines. But, uh, you know, able to get things done and, you know, brought home some, some, some good savings as well. Um, but, you know, when I was waking up in the morning, it just wasn't doing it for me. I just, you know, I, I felt like, uh, you know, I, I was just a cog in the wheel and not um, not making a difference. Um, and then rewinding about uh, five or six years before that that moment, um, my uncle uh, passed away from early onset Alzheimer's in his you know early 60s. 
Yeah. Um, and it was just devastating to see him go through that. Um, it's so rare, first of all, for someone to get a condition like that so early in their life. Um, but it was profound for me because I, I obviously knew him as, as an uncle. He was my, you know, one of my closest uh, um, family members growing up because we, we lived very close to each other. Um, and I know his kids like brothers and sisters. And to see how his, uh, his kind of day to day and his relationships change with them, with me, with his wife, and to, to know that you really don't have that many options um, and, and the education for people is just not there. And especially in the medical profession, um, just delivering the news and, and basically having a clinician tell them to come back, you know, in six months or a year, tell me how you're doing. That is insufficient. There's so many things you can do uh, from a behavioral lifestyle perspective that can actually push off. The, the more serious uh, effects of, uh, of, of these kind of conditions like Alzheimer's disease and dementia. If you just practice exercise, nutrition, social engagement, and, and sleep right. So basically in, in, in learning some of that as, uh, as one of the co-founders of Map Habit, my role is uh, uh, both CEO and I'm, I handle a lot on the strategy and the product side. So I use a lot of my technology background there um, but really, Map Habit is a uh, a multimodal system that helps uh, individuals and their caregivers, you know, better structure their day with a series of uh, visual, audio, um, images that are that are personalized and sequenced in a way that are easy to understand, that are repeatable, and um, through our research, we've proven by being on our system, you actually can uh, improve your cognition and. Uh, and improve the quality of life for, for everyone around you. So I was reading through your site a little bit, and I came across your mission statement, and it says uh, the mission of Map Habit is to bolster independence, reduce stress, and enhance quality of life for the cognitively impaired and their caregivers. And what that speaks to me about is individuality and freedom. And I find it fairly similar to our mission at MOVE, which is to enable a community of strong and healthy and capable individuals. So I'm curious, what does your system provide as far as reaching those targets of, of individuality or, or of freedom? Yeah, uh, and, and I agree as well. I think there's uh, a lot of things that I've learned in my years at MOVE that I, I, I actively incorporate into, uh, into Map Habit. Um, so at, at its core, Map Habit is a visual mapping system. So what is a visual map? Um, but let's say, for example, um, you know, you, um, you, you need to do a similar routine every morning where you, you know, you get up, you take your vitamins, uh, you, uh, you know, make a shake or, uh, or, or make, you know, breakfast in a certain order. If you have kids, you know, there's a certain sequence of, of steps, um, at your certain stage of life that you need to do to kind of stay on target. Um, for what we need to do, um, as, you know, adults uh, with, with, uh, um, with, with kind of an active lifestyle is a lot different than um, someone who's in their, their late 70s or 80s um, who may have a, um, a loved one at home that, um, you know, unfortunately has incontinence issues. Um, or they, they, when they put on their clothes, they, uh, you know, they put on their underwear over their pants or their bra over their, their blouse. And, and they just don't, they don't recognize that they're doing things in the wrong sequence. So our, our whole thing is why not with the help of a caregiver, 
um, or the individual themselves, if they're um, if they just are you know, having trouble forgetting things, why not give them a platform where they can build out you know how to make that coffee? For us, we can just maybe have a picture of coffee or just a reminder on your phone, make coffee, and you know the five steps to do it. But someone who has a cognitive impairment um, may may not know that. They may not know to you know basically open the lid, put in the water, get out a filter, put the coffee in on top of the filter, hit the button, you know, wait five minutes, um, and expect to see steam. Like all these things that could really um, put someone off their element. We we help them, um, you know, restore that dignity, have that sense of self-worth that you can still do all the things that you did before, but you may just need a little more help. And that's what MapAdvis is all about. It's, it's at the time of the event, you have visual pictures with a very limited amount of um, uh, text, maybe an audio recording or a video to kind of cue you the, to the right steps that that you need to do that will be successful. So if you could imagine that for coffee and and basically using that for other types of activities throughout the day, it doesn't have to be all of them. In fact, you really only wanna choose maybe two or three um, because it becomes manageable that way. But effectively that that's what the Map Habit system is about is uh, to help an individual follow those steps. And, and also with, with caregivers because Especially family caregivers, they need a break. You know, a lot of times they they have a job, um, they may have kids at home, um, and they're caring for an aging parent. So, um, you know, they they need help where you can basically trust someone else to come into your house to to basically help your loved one do those activities. And they they need a roadmap. They need to know what not to do and what to do. And Map Habit has that that right for them. Yeah. So it sounds like you're building or or at least you allow them to build their own kind of operating manual so you know i'm going through a lot of business procedures right now where uh it's about creating a playbook for my staff and so how you create these operating procedures and it decreases the stress because they know exactly what to do in that moment if it arises exactly yeah and 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 we are absolutely um you know working with different you know types of operations like Obviously, home health companies or adult living, those come to mind initially, but, but even wellness uh, companies uh, that want to have, um, you know, a series of videos that uh, you, you can't just put on a manual um, that, that's paper-based, but if everyone has a smartphone and they, they say, oh, what's, what's kind of my, my check-in and check-out procedures, what do I need to do every time, they can just pick up their smartphone and you know, and, and see a short message from you or or just swipe and just make sure they've turned off the lights, close the doors or set the alarm, et cetera. So, um, you know, it could be used also, you know, applying it to CrossFit with with kind of uh, your wads, especially if you want to kind of pre-program mob- mobility and different instructions um, and, uh, and, and actually link to YouTube uh, links that, uh-huh. you know, you have the benefit of showing and demonstrating in person, but let's say someone's traveling and they want to do some of that, um, you know, to be able to give a little bit more of that rich content. Um, that that's really where we'd like to take this this platform is to a lot of different types of businesses. So, in its current iteration, at what point are people coming in and saying they need Map Habit, or or is somebody coming in and saying you need Map Habit? Good good question. Uh, so right now we uh, we're um, providing Map Habit to businesses only. So we're a B2B company, if, you, if you're familiar with that yeah. uh, acronym. Uh, 
So a lot of the times, uh, like an adult living community, you have different neighborhoods from um, independent living to assisted living to memory care. Each of them have different needs, you know, for the individuals, for the family members to interact with their loved ones, and even for the staff uh, for training. Um, so we, we basically um, spend some time learning about an organization um, and, and basically hearing some of their pain points as it turn over their employees, as it uh, um, and basically shift changes and being able to, to communicate what has happened or, or what hasn't happened. Um, is it, uh, you know, having a, a differentiator where you have this award-winning uh, platform that, that now can, can kind of help people relearn steps that they lost throughout their years um, that you can now provide to someone in a memory care setting? So again, so they, they do have that dignity. They have that, that, uh, that, that ability to remember to come down or, or come to, a, you know, an activity and don't have to be um, brought in by a caregiver. Um, that, that's just one example in the adult living space where it really doesn't matter what point if you're trying to, you know, have heart healthy, low inflammatory diets. And we have several meals that you can do in an independent living setting. Or if you have a physical therapist that comes in uh, once a month because you can't maybe afford them every week, but you really need to be practicing that every week. When you work with your therapist, you can basically have them take pictures or videos of you uh, or link to that best practice. And then now you've given someone the, the tools so that they can do things on their own where they would normally you know, have to incur additional costs. Um, it's just a, a big time saver um, and a, a big benefit for, uh, for these companies. And what are you learning as you're going through this process about these illnesses and about root causes and and I mean, basically, your product is based on like the care once you already have it. What are you learning about maybe preventative actions you can take? Yeah, well, those, those four tenets of memory health that I mentioned, uh, exercise, nutrition, social engagement, and sleep, I've learned that there's a lot of evidence-based studies that when you do incorporate uh, three out of four of those, um, and there's more as well, obviously not smoking and uh, you know, always learning, cognitively stimulation, um, et cetera. But uh, there's a lot of uh, studies that have been done that if you can do those, um, um, uh, those activities and, and really create a plan around low inflammatory diets, around uh, appropriate exercise for your physical um, ability level, uh, whether that be if you're just, you know, in a wheelchair and need to do chair yoga all the way to, you know, if you're in your, your 50s and, and you want to incorporate a little bit of the high intensity interval training, but don't know where to start and have never heard of a Tabata, um, you know, you can incorporate some of that stuff. Um, and it really does uh, prove that it can push out the onset of Alzheimer's by years or, or related dementias. So that's been the most fascinating thing for me that just simple things that, that we do um, um, within CrossFit. And that's why I, I love kind of, uh, I love being part of a gym and, and being a part of the challenges and incorporating the diet, the, the exercise, the community aspect where, you know, you are really, you know, feeding off of each other and you don't want to let each other down. Um, and, and also that emphasis of sleep and, and, you know, having those, uh, um, you know, reading books or, or journaling before your sleep um, and not being on your phone. I mean, those challenges are so perfect for putting ourselves in, in a great cognitive state that I've now 
kind of adapted that towards people who are living in, in a, you know, adult living communities or they're at their home and they have a home care or a home health worker come in. Um, they're, they're all absolutely applicable. And um, they, uh, with a little bit of that adaptation that we, we actually personalize and, and learn when we, we bring on a new customer through an intake process. Um, you can really very quickly put people on a much better trajectory without any pharmaceutical drugs, and uh, they become happier, more self-sufficient, and their and their families are um, are just you know enjoying life again. So you mentioned uh, the challenges, and and I know you've done a, a recent badass challenge with me, and of course you know that a lot of what we work on is habits and developing uh, rules for our life, and then you're learning more and more about like the actual physiological reasons why habits are created. So can you talk a little bit about the, the things that you sent me recently about the neuroplasticity and then the different types of memory and that type of thing? Sure, sure. So um, we'll, we'll talk about the different types of memory systems because I think that, that really helps uh, frame it. There's, uh, there's two main types of memory systems uh, that we have. There's your everyday memory system, which is called your declarative memory. That is when you want to consciously recall a certain fact or event. Who's the first president of the United States? What did I do this morning? Um, you know, what is, uh, what is my, my brother's name? All those things you use a part of your brain called the hippocampus to, um, to basically retrieve that from a certain location. Um, that part of the brain is what a lot of the pharmaceutical drugs have been uh, targeting to to bolster and to prevent it from deteriorating. And with the, with the, the approaches that have been done, it just has not been successful. Um, there's too many plaques and tangles that happen. And even when you um, eliminate the plaques and tangles in, in later stage uh, uh, patients, uh, it, it's still, uh, you know, the, the neurons and, and the uh, um, um, basically the brain chemistry has, has changed to that point. Now there's another, part of the brain um, called the neostriatum. That's where the um, basal ganglia uh, is and, and striatum and globus pallidus. So that's your habit system. So your habit system is your unconscious memory. That is what you do without even thinking about it. You just have a routine and you typically follow that routine. Um, whether you know you're doing it or not, you, you, you end up doing it. So a great example that I like to give is, uh, you know, driving home. When you're when you're leaving a certain location, um, you know, tons of things are going in your head. What what is you know why, why did I say that to this particular person? Oh man, I was really rough uh, uh, on, on him or her. Or man, I had 15 things on my to do list and I got three done. How am I gonna How am I gonna survive? What do I have to do later? Right. So you're not remembering all the lefts and rights. You're not remembering to, you know, put your foot on the pedal to hit stop. Um, you're not remembering, um, you know, basically to, uh, uh, to to basically get all the steps complete to get home. But you do it anyway. So that's your unconscious brain. That's your your muscle memory. That's your your procedural memory kicking in and and allowing you to complete tasks without you even knowing it. So that's the part of the brain um, that we tap into with Map Habit, and, and we're patent pending. We actually got an allowance of our, our claims, so we should be fully patented uh, within a few weeks. Oh wow! Um, but but that is yeah. No, we're we're really pumped about that. Uh, um, but 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 really, you, using the this this uh, this habit system, 
um, to basically provide a series of pictures and steps that can be repeated um, and, and, and relearned. Um, and that's where neuroplasticity comes in. Even though you've forgotten how to do something, you know, in a period of, of, of three weeks, we, we've proven that you can reintroduce those concepts and, and give people a very manageable, easy to digest set of um, pictures um, with limited text. Um, and if you do them time and time again on a repeated basis over those three weeks, if not longer, you can relearn uh, things that you've forgotten. Your, your body can, um, can, can adapt again. Um, and those are the things that were really founded upon. When I was brainstorming questions for you earlier, I started looking into the things about the uh, autonomic system and those different memory functions. And I was thinking about how things I've seen with like memory champions and how they, when they're trying to memorize a deck of cards, they might look at uh, the face of a card and it says a number and it's a suit. And then they equate that to a story that they're telling themselves. And, and that's how they create a memory for that card and they can memorize you know, a full deck of cards uh, in order. So I'm, I was curious if you guys have spent any time working with memory champions or in anything in that type of field to help kind of influence what you're doing in Map Habit. Uh, yes, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I, um, one of our board members is a four-time U.S. Uh, memory champion. Uh, his <laughs> name is Nelson Dellis. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Yeah, so we uh, we have six board members. Uh, Tracy Benzo actually is one of them as well, uh, with uh -huh. her uh, amazing uh, expertise in the legal profession with uh, with workman's comp and, and other people with uh, you know brain related uh, injuries. Um, but but Nelson, he um, he's the four time record holder. Um, he has given us a, a lot of input actually on on how we can adapt map habit to in incorporate more cognitive uh, stimulation and, and even to use different techniques that he uses. Um, one of them is, uh, is doing this anchoring concept where you anchor a new idea with something you already know, um, or you anchor it with uh, just a picture in your mind. So if you're trying to remember pi, for example, um, and uh, you know, you, you need to, uh, to get all these digits in place. You, you, do, um, um, you can do anchoring where you, you have, a, you know, a certain uh, chunk of it. Like if it's 1492, you can chunk it to that's, the, you know, when Columbus uh, sailed the ocean blue. Sure. You can kind of find these mnemonic uh, phrases and, or, or these other analogies and, and hinge them to each other. Um, but uh, also when you're trying to remember people's names, for example, um, you can use what's called a memory palace. Um, and oh, right, if, yeah. if anyone has, yeah, a minute just to look up what a memory palace is, it, it'll be worth your minute. Um, you basically think about your childhood home. Pretty much everyone can remember as they're walking into the home, you know, what do you see on the left, on the right? You know, if it's a multi-floor, you know, what is in each of those different parts? And what you do is you pick each of those rooms as you start into your home and you place that new new concept in that room. And you, you basically associate an object that you remember from that room with the new concept. So when you're trying to recall people's names and circle up, you can basically go through your house and based on the person that you um, see first and what room you associate with that person, you can basically have, you know, James as, uh, you know, James was uh, my, my teddy bear. So I, I remember it because <laughs> it's the teddy bear from my bedroom. Right. Um, so that's kind of a, 
uh, you know, a, a very basic way to describe it, but uh, there's a lot of techniques with, you know, using different colors um, or, or different people's voices, associating that with a specific step or a specific activity. You know, we've used that in our research actually for, uh, um, for, for people who had incontinence, uh, where you actually record a loved one's voice. Um, and uh, after using the visual map for going to the bathroom uh, that their niece recorded for them, the individual asked, hey, where's my niece to the husband? And that wasn't really her asking, um, I'm actually looking for my niece. That was her way of telling him, I have to go to the bathroom. So uh, fantastic, amazing things can happen when you use some of these techniques. Uh -huh. um, so yeah, the, the memory champions and just you know memory techniques uh, that you use um, are absolutely being incorporated in our product. Wow. So when I'm thinking about maybe times I've been around people with memory loss, you know, maybe I've been to um, an old folks home or something like that. And there are people who clearly have forgotten things. Maybe they're a few days behind or a few years behind even. And then there are also people who, like you had mentioned before, who are just forgetting the sequence of things in how they are acting. You know, like you said, they might be wearing their underwear on the outside of their pants. They forgot the sequence of how things go. Are those usually found in different types of illnesses or do they interact with each other? Are they, can, can somebody have both types of memory loss? Yeah, well, that's, that's the most complicated part of um, these neurodegenerative disorders. Uh, they, they, there's no like specific path that you have to take. It's typically what's called a spectrum disorder, like autism is. You can, um, you know, have a physical disability or you may, um, based on your, your type of dementia, um, whether it be Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, um, frontal temporal, um, vascular, um, there are certain traits that, that are typically common uh, with them that you can uh, basically use that knowledge to, to help people in, in the way that you work with them. Um, but it's, it, it is very, uh, it, it's very difficult because you, it gets complicated with different comorbidities. Like if someone has heart disease or diabetes and they also have dementia, they will display different, uh, you know, um, um, illnesses or they'll, they'll show different symptoms. And unless you have that information, then it's, it's hard to kind of know what, what to do to, um, to, to kind of put them on, on a safer path. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm trying to make sure I, I answer the question completely, but um, you know, you, you really need to, you know, talk with the family, talk with uh, the individuals who, who know them, who've been in their care uh, to see what they struggle with um, and, and what they, they could potentially do. And then, Start with there by giving them their their step by step instructions, and we have you know dozens, uh, if not a hundred, some odd templates for low, medium, high levels of impairment for doing all those activities of daily living um, that we we give as a starting point or give as you know suggestions for uh, for people to use. And uh, if if you are willing to kind of go through that discovery period and, and really understand some of the root causes and 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 parlaying that with what you're observing you can really, um, you know, help people in, in a very meaningful way um, with, with our program. So I know this is a huge project. You've got everything we've talked about. You've got probably tons of other stuff that you're working on that you're not talking about. What has this process been like for you from beginning a project like this? It's a startup. It's in health and wellness space. What is that process like for you 
Yeah. So it's a lot harder than I thought it would be. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> um, you know, when I was working for the big four consulting firms, um, there were a lot of people around me that uh, were, were doing this independent consulting gig and getting, you know, twice what they were making at their uh, at their main company. So I, I did that for, you know, a while. And, uh, you know, it as long as you have a contract for six months uh, in advance, you feel great and you just uh-huh. show up and uh, you, you do have to outperform, but uh, a lot of it is known. A, a lot of it is, you know, basically work that's been scoped out with a specific goal in mind. Um, when when you have a startup, however, while you think you may know the goal in mind, you know, based on your market and scientific research, that goal keeps shifting. Right. Based on what's going on in the world, uh, you know, that keeps shifting. You know, we, we can't actually physically interact with people. And, and that was, you know, part of our model, at least initially, um, as because we really just commercialized this um, in, uh, in in the fourth quarter. So we had planned for the first half of this year to have boots on the ground and really right. learn how things uh, work. So um, you're, you're constantly having to pivot. Um, I thought when I started this with Dr. Zola in March of 2018, we'd raise, you know, a bunch of bunch of money and uh you know we, we'd be able to take salaries within six months you know i'd be back to where i was within a year uh not so much uh, not so <laughs> fast my friend uh it, it it took until we got a uh, a large grant from the national institutes of health um in august of last year for me to even take my first you know dollar paycheck right. um so that was over a year almost a year and a half in um Meanwhile, we, we, we still raise over $800,000 of friends and family, but, you know, it costs a lot of money to, to run research, to do some of the, uh, to do the product development and prototype and to, to test it out with people. Um, you make mistakes around, along the way. Um, you know, what I know now, what I could have done back then, I probably could have, you know, cut that spend by, you know, a third, but, sure. you know, you can't see the future. So, a lot of it is just, you know, putting in that sweat equity and uh, and and assembling uh, the right team and, and having dedicated people who who really believe in in your your cause, who have that personal experience. Everyone that works for Map Habit either has, um, you know, someone who has went through um, this before with a family member or a close friend, or or has, uh, you know, a, a kid with special needs. Um, or um, is is you know in the uh, in the, the public health or or as a clinician. So um, we're we're very um, emphasized on, uh, on on basically passion in this space, um, and, uh, and and really that's what drives me is you know paying homage to my uncle. Um, we're also getting into Down syndrome as well because I have a niece who has Downs, um, and if you look at that population, they love using technology. They're, they're on it all the time and they, they want to be part of the decision making process and, and map habit is perfect for them. Um, so in, in a lot of senses, I can pay homage both to my, my living family and my family that has moved on. Um, in addition to it basically driving the strategy and execution of the, of the company. Um, it's, it's invigorating. It's scary. It's, uh, there's the ups and downs are, are to the extreme. Um, but it's uh, it's proven to be the most satisfying thing I've ever done, and I'm, I'm so happy I've done it. So you'd mentioned just now the Down syndrome and and how people in that age group are enamored with technology. And obviously right now, like wearables are huge, huge business. 
Um, I've got one. I track my sleep and my calories, right, and uh, all of my fitness uh, activities. So I'm curious what your thoughts are on the importance of wearables and using data to drive your habits and your goal setting. Yeah, so uh, those of you on the, on the phone can't see, but one of the four main aspects of Map Habits, uh, first, there's, there's mobile application, there's a paper-based kit for people that uh, don't um, you know, like using tablets. Uh, there are wearables and, and smart devices. So we, we actually are Alexa integrated um, we're going to be building out an Apple Watch uh, integration, um, and those are important because there's there's a, a wealth of data that that's available on there. You know, how are you sleeping? You know, what what's your heart rate uh, in the resting uh, heart rate versus when you're working out? Um, you know, how does that compare over time? Um, and and there's tons of things you can also do with with these mobile devices with. Uh, um, what's called the uh, the accelerometer in your phone or gyroscope, where you can see, you know, where is a person looking, um, and 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 how are they touching the screen? Is it changing over time? Are they getting more frustrated and pressing harder? Um, are they being less accurate with where they, you know, um, touch things that they have touched in the past without a problem? Um, and that holds true for for Alexa as well. You know, is your voice changing? Um, all these things um, are obviously uh, you can use with obviously the proper consent. All this is bounded by uh, um, IRB approved research uh, for that. But, but what you see uh, down here is what's called predictive analytics. So Map Habit is uh, in the long term a, a, a data analytics company. We, yes, provide tools for individuals, for, for family members, for, um, for you know, care providers to um, accomplish their activities of daily living. But, but the power and the impact that Map Habit will have is its ability to predict worsening health conditions and be able to notify um, you know, key stakeholders. That could be, a, again, a family member, it could be a doctor, it could be um, a dementia care coordinator in the adult living community. If someone's getting worse, if they're getting more agitated um, and by linking together some of those inputs like you had mentioned on your wearable on the on the usage of, of, of the phone you know how long is it taking to uh um, to make that coffee in the morning did it take 30 seconds initially and now it's taking three minutes and it's taking you know and, and they're having to go back to steps that they already had done before to make sure they've done it before we have the ability to capture track that and provide those those updates to people um, so that before something gets worse, you can get ahead of it. Um, so I'm, I'm happy you brought that up because that's a very, it's a very important um, um, area for the company and one that I'm very passionate about. Yeah. So you'd mentioned learning things uh, in challenges. You'd mentioned learning about habits and things like that, and then potentially being able to translate that over to things that you're putting into your company now. What are some things that you've learned from the company, specifically habit training maybe, and how that can translate to other populations? So not necessarily those with the behaviors you're talking about, but maybe even healthy people or younger people, or how can we translate the things that you've learned to other populations? Good question. Um, first, what have I learned in the challenges that I can use today? Uh, really, the the um, the emphasis of uh, of, of mobilization um, and uh, you know doing these appropriate stretches after you've warmed up 
Um, those are things that I, I constantly educate people not to go into something fresh and, you know, make sure that you are, you know, getting, getting your body warm and you're, you are doing, uh, different types of, you know, uh, uh, stretches for your thoracic, for your, um, for, for your shoulder mobility, um, for, um, you know, other areas as well. Um, just making sure you have kind of a, a holistic view on things. Um, in the challenge as well, just looking at all the macros, um, looking yeah. at your, you know, it's not, really the caloric intake as much, but your, your percentage of the, you know, your fats, your carbs and, and your proteins yeah. um, and, and basically meal planning around that. Uh, that's really important. A lot of, a lot of the, um, um, the older generation, they, they don't, they didn't have that same kind of fundamentals and they didn't know, um, you know, by having pasta late at night, you're, you're actually spiking you know, insulin and right. making your body work over time to, to kind of metabolize that and converting it to sugar overnight. I mean, I only learned that by reading some of the books uh, with, you know, Rob Wolf and, and, the, and the areas that you, um, you helped us kind of get into with the paleo and, and whole 30 routine. So yeah. all that has been really helpful when we, we talk with dementia experts and when we talk with, uh, you know, PT and, uh, and, and, and different uh, occupational therapists so that, so I can help them with personal experience emphasize why using cauliflower rice instead of regular rice is so much better. I mean, you use rice to bind up and, and basically collect the, the sauces and flavors. Well, cauliflower rice does that too, and you don't have the inflammation. Inflammation is the worst thing that you can do um, to, uh, to basically um, uh, uh, put your brain in, in a place that it will start deteriorating quickly. Yeah. Um, inflammation can be, um, you know, what you eat. It could be a injury that you don't properly rest and take care of. Uh, inflammation can also be stress related. Um, if you're constantly worrying about something, um, and, and then that puts you in a depressive state and, and be, you become socially isolated, you know, that, that then has a, an impact on, on your brain. And the more inflammation you have, the more plaques and tangles and the earlier the potential onset could be. You know, there's a lot of genetic predisposition and, you know, just because you are you know, stressed out and, and whatnot uh, doesn't mean you're going to get Alzheimer's or dementia right. earlier. But, you know, the other question you said, what can you do now? Just basically reducing inflammation, you know, exercising three to four times a week um, at, at, a, at a vigorous pace. I'm making sure that you're not drinking after 9 p.m. and you put your phone down, you know, at least an hour before you go to sleep. Um, and pra practice mindfulness. Um, all those things we kind of know that we're supposed to do, but because you maybe don't have that cue or that reminder uh, from a software like MapHabit, um, that's an external uh, reminder, you, you need to really start uh, scheduling those things into your day. And after a while, after that three-week period, it will become a habit. And after you do it for a couple of months, it'll become a lifestyle change too. So, Absolutely. My recommendations are to, to basically do the, all those important things, which are exercise, nutrition, stay socially engaged, be part of a community, and to emphasize sleep and, and making sure you get that quality sleep. All those things I think we can do in our, you know, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s uh, to really put ourselves in, a, in really a much healthier space uh, going forward. So what I'm finding interesting about what you're saying is that the things that are preventative are also the things that are actually kind of the cure. If we're staying engaged and we're staying 
physically active and focusing on our nutrition and our social health and our other aspects of our health, then that is preventative. But also, if we are in those times of stress, if we're highly inflamed, if we're going through uh, dementia or Alzheimer's, those things are still important. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You want, you want to practice all those things as early on as possible, establish these healthy habits. And we know, you know, you're going to throw, get thrown curveballs, you'll be put off. You know, I was doing all RX raid at the gym uh, <laughs> leading up into uh, March, and uh, I haven't done one RX uh, exercise yet. You know, yeah. I'm going like 60, 70%. Um, I just lost a lot, um, and I know it's going to take time. So um, I, I think, you know, while, while doing those things, it won't cure disease or even potentially prevent it, but it absolutely will push off the, 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 the worst effects of those conditions to much later in your life uh, where you can prepare both financially, emotionally, and from a family aspect. And, and that's, that's the most important thing is so you, you had that time because time is the only thing that you, you know, obviously can't, can't buy. Um, and if you, you spend your time doing the right things now to put yourself in that, in, in that better position, you know, it, it'll obviously give you a better outlook on life. Um, it'll, you know, help your family members. Um, it'll, it'll save, uh, you know, companies money too that have to reimburse. So there, there's a lot of benefits across the entire, you know, health system that, um, if we do these things early on, uh, it'll, it'll just help everyone out. Yeah. So we've talked a good bit about where you are now, but we didn't really talk much about or at all about kind of how you started with the gym. So can you talk a little bit about that? Maybe what you were doing before you came to move? Yeah. Uh, so before I came to move, uh, you know, a similar story to some of the other guests that I've heard, uh, you had the LA fitness membership and you now yeah. I, I would go a couple times a week. I'd get my back and buys and chest and tries going, maybe do a little bit of a, a run, uh, to warm up. Um, and you know, it was, it was fine. I, I thought it was fine. Um, I was, you know, getting good bicep definition and, uh, um, but, you know, I, I didn't have any variety. I, you know, I just did the same things over and over and I felt myself not, not improving and gaining. Um, and it was lonely too, you know, I, you know, to be on your headphones, you know, that's great for a long run um, and, uh, and whatnot. But uh, I, I just, I felt like it was hollow, you know, somewhere in my professional career, I was yeah. running into a, kind of a, a point where, Sure, I could continue doing what I'm doing, but um, my brother-in-law, um, uh, Fort Bragg Dave, as he's affectionately right. called, uh, he's um, you know a retired uh, Army Special Forces Master Sergeant, uh, but he um, he had been doing CrossFit uh, for a long time, and I was always envious of him. You know, he's a a, a physical specimen, um, always been in like the top one percent of of his, uh, his classes, you know, physically and, and yeah. also, you know, mentally he's, he's really, really sharp too. Um, but he was doing CrossFit in, uh, 20, 2008. And I did yeah. my first wad. Um, I, I went as, as hard as I could. And, you know, I, I was out for two weeks. I'm like, CrossFit sucks. I can't uh -huh. do this. You know, I'm just going <laughs> to get injured all the time. And he said, Matt, you know, it's great. You don't, don't go balls out the first, the first time you, you got it. You got to pace it. Yeah. So then I said, all right, I'm not going to give up. I'll try it again. I did another workout with him that was, uh, I think it, it played to my strengths a little better. And I, and I really felt the benefit. And I said, well, this is, this is cool. Um, how can I do this more? And he said, you know, I, 
every time I come to Atlanta, I always go visit, you know, Jonathan, Matt and Chena at, uh, at CFED and yeah. you should join me one time. And I said, yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that eventually. Um, uh-huh. But it, it got to the point where I was really just not happy with my, my routine. So long story short, I, I bit the bullet, um, joined CrossFit um, and have been, you know, really a, a member of CFED to move uh, without a break for those eight years because it, it checks all those boxes that, that I talked about earlier with, you know, having, um, you know, uh, a, 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 you know, constantly varied functional movements performed at a high intensity. There you go. Um, that, that, yeah. So the, the variation is, uh, is huge. You know, I, I, I learned, especially during this pandemic, I, I can't program myself. It's just not, <laughs> not fun. I really, <laughs> I really do like being told what to do, especially in a workout uh, environment. Um, and I and I really like the uh, the bonding, and I, I like seeing a lot of the same faces, and really benchmarking what my abilities are versus them, and how that changes over time, and you know, able to get the PRs and to you know, learn to listen to my body and, and change my nutrition uh, accordingly, and it's helped me sleep better. So um, yeah, the gym's been phenomenal. It's been really a core for for myself, for my wife Rebecca, yeah. and um, and really all the members. You know, we we have everyone that that um that that says uh you know what, what what's so different and unique about move it, it really is the community and, and and really what you all have uh have ingrained in the culture so um, no. um i'm really happy yeah well we appreciate that what do you think the future of health products is so i mean even i had to go virtual you know i am mostly an in-person coach and like you said, the buzzword, everybody's favorite buzzword, we had to pivot. And uh, <laughs> so we went to an online coaching platform for eight weeks or something like that during the COVID crisis. Uh, learned a lot about coaching uh, remotely, and it was a great experience for us. And some people will continue on in that format. Some people will continue on in having that flexibility and being able to exercise at home, but still have some accountability and some feedback. And then, you know, what you're doing is it's a health app and it's a virtual space. It's a, it's really a virtual coach. So how do you see the health business or health products moving in the near and not so near future? Well, I, I think it really just underscores the importance of, uh, of having these, uh, these remote options for people. I mean, there's absolutely no substitute to doing something in person if, if you can. Uh, but I think with the pandemic, um, especially I'll take the example of telemedicine, I think the percentage of telemedicine visits was less than 10% before the pandemic. And, and since then, or, or during it, I should say, it's you know, spiked threefold. Um, if not more. Um, and I believe, you know, there'll be a, a mean reversion where we'll, we'll kind of go back to closer to where we, um, where we were, but the, 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 the trend is, is basically towards, um, digital, um, digital medicine and, and digital health products. You really need to incorporate that to complement the, the in-person activities just yeah. to help people give them tools while they're not there. Um, it's going to really increase the stickiness of your members. It'll increase their satisfaction that they now have uh, more of these uh, these options. So if they are away and they want to do, you know, a, you know, a one hour private session with you and you know, or, or whomever, and, and, they, and it, 
you know them, you can see them. Yeah, it, it's not 100% the same, but it's it's pretty close and there is absolutely a place for it. So um, it just, it really helps give, uh, you know, more options for people who, um, who, who need that, uh, who, who can't maybe go to the doctor as frequently or is in a rural area and it's, it's a whole day event. Now, instead of taking, you know, an hour to drive and an hour to come back, an hour to wait, and your 30 minutes to see the clinician, you now can turn on your computer and see them for 30 minutes. So right. you, you've made, I'm, I'm all about efficiency. I mean, you've just saved time, the one thing you can't buy. So I, I totally believe that, um, you know, having a lot of these things virtual and, and having things at your, your fingertips to give you the tools, to give you that sense of self-worth, to give you the dignity and, uh, and, and have that remote support of a coach or a dementia care expert that we, we have within Map Habit, um, all those things are, are really going to uh, really transform the way that we, uh, we operate and, and really change, uh, change the paradigm uh, to a more of a hybrid model as opposed to just Know in person. Yeah. Well, is there anything else you'd like to add to the conversation before we hop off? Well, uh, you know, anyone that's watching this uh, who's not part of Move, come for a session. Um, Jonathan <laughs> didn't pay me to say that. Uh, I really do believe that. Don't be scared of uh, of trying something new. Um, everything is modifiable. There's benefits outside of just while you're there for the hour that you, it pays dividends for hours afterward. Um, and the emphasis on, on nutrition and, and the social engagement, it's, it's been a great experience for me. And it really only hit home until this, this crisis where I didn't have that as an outlet. You know, I, I became depressed. I became like, you know, why am I going to work out? And there's all these other things I could be doing. And I was going back in that same rabbit hole that, that was basically making me not go to the gym, not going to LA fitness as often because it just, I didn't have any uh, motivation. Now I want to see my, my friends of my gym family. Um, I want to, to kind of get back in there. I want, you know, to get my strength back. Uh, I, and, and, and it just helps me in my, not only my personal um, health, but uh, in my profession as well. So, and uh, to the existing members, just, you know, thanks for all your, uh, your camaraderie and uh, enthusiasm and, uh, we're going to be at it for a while. Thank you so much for uh, coming on the podcast and telling us all about what you're doing uh, with Map Habit. And we appreciate you and Rebecca and the whole family and look forward to seeing you at the gym again. So thanks so much. My pleasure. Mm. 